Howdy. And welcome to another episode of the Mile High Bourbon and Rye podcast. I'm Zach. And I am Angie. And today we're going to be talking about the laws specific to being able to label a bottle bourbon. And then we will be talking about the new Leopold Brothers bourbon whiskey that was just released, I think, a couple weeks ago. Pretty recently, anyway. Yum, yum, yum. Before we jump in, we're going to do a little bit of an addition on here to let everybody kind of get a glimpse into, I guess, who we are. So we'll start off today with a rather nerdy topic, since I am admittedly a very big nerd, and we'll go with who is your favorite video game character of all time? I'm going to say Cactar from Final Fantasy, oh, from the Final Fantasy series. The little adorable cactus, bad guy with a thousand needles, kicks your butt. Shoots you repeatedly with needles until you cannot do anything anymore. Excellent. That's a good choice. Sweet and sassy, or short and sassy, (laughs) like myself. (laughs) I'm going to have to go with a mixture of nostalgia slash I've just always really enjoyed the games and go ahead and kind of cop out and say Link. Because he's the strong silent type. And also has a really cool sword and are still some of the best games I've ever played to date. So, And even though people call him Zelda. Right. I'm not <laughs> saying that Zelda is my favorite character because that's definitely not who that is. <laughs> so, we'll do this probably at the beginning of each week, at least for a while. Let us know if you like it or if there's anything specific you'd like to learn if you have a question for us apart from whiskey please let us know so let's jump right into what bourbon is bourbon is obviously the whiskey of america pretty much everybody has seen it but some people don't really know what the requirements to be labeled as bourbon are um all bourbon is whiskey but not all whiskey can be called bourbon So, very first, because it is America's spirit, it has to be made in the United States of America. You will never find a whiskey made outside the U.S. that's labeled as a bourbon whiskey. One whiskey tried to get away with it, and that was Crown Royal with their bourbon mash, in air quotes. And the TTB required them to drop the word bourbon from their label. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. So you can't find it unless a store somewhere still has a bottle that sa- or the box that says, you know, Crown Royal Bourbon Mash. If it's sold, they're, they're not making any more. They're not allowed to. Technically, I think they were supposed to pull them all from the stores or at least put a sticker on them. Just hmm. saying this is not bourbon. What is, what is it called now? I honestly do not remember. It was seriously really not good. Oh. Which <laughs> I like. A good amount of Crown Royal stuff. I think they put together a pretty solid product for the most part. But that was just not their best product at all. It was not good. All bourbon has to be made with at least 51% corn. Otherwise, there's no restrictions on how much rye, wheat, cereal grains can be added into it. They just cannot exceed 49% so that you have at least half corn. And why is it corn? Honestly, because corn grew very easily and in abundance in the area that was Virginia that would later become Kentucky, specifically Bourbon County, there was a lot of corn grown there. 
and it was just kind of the crop that got its way in. Okay. Well, it gives it a nice sweet flavor, so I'm not complaining. The corn does definitely make it really sweet, which is why a lot of times you'll find bourbons at a higher than the 51% minimum. Has to be distilled at less than 160 proof, so it can't leave the still above 80% alcohol by volume. So they literally have the restriction when you distill bourbon, you cannot bring it out of the still at more than 160 proof. All the barrels bourbon goes into have to be new charred oak barrels. Used to think it was only American, but I have since found out that I was incorrect on that. The TTB on their website actually says it just has to be new oak. So no spirit can have rested in that oak to start the aging of the bourbon. And it must be charred. Now, there's different levels of char that you can choose. I think the scale is one, two, three, or four. And that's literally just how long they leave it exposed to the fire. Which, have you ever actually seen a video of them charring an oak barrel? No, I have not. It's really cool. It's literally just a giant flame that they set the barrel around and then pull, uh, shut the flame off. Nice. Well, it explains why it tastes so deliciously charred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when put into the barrel for aging, the whiskey cannot exceed 125 proof or 62.5% alcohol by volume. Now, cask strength typically is all the way up to, you know, one... I mean, I've seen whiskeys come out at 114. I've seen them come out at 130. Depends on kind of where they're aging and everything. Interesting fact, as I was talking to the folks, one of the folks down from Mile High Spirits in Denver today, they actually have their whiskey ends up getting to a much higher proof when it ages in Colorado versus Kentucky. Because of the elevation? Because of the humidity. Oh. The air is so dry that the water actually evaporates out faster, leaving more of the alcohol behind. Where in Kentucky, more of the alcohol will actually evaporate out, so it can lower the proof a little bit very nice the whiskey that is placed into the charred oak barrels need to be aged for a minimum of two years to be considered straight bourbon now the straight designation literally just comes from being aged for two years otherwise there's not an age restriction in order to be called bourbon it could be aged for six months it could be aged for one year There's also no maximum time limit for the bourbon to be aged, so it can literally be as old as it wants. Now, sometimes you get a little bit too much oak when you age them for that long. Sometimes it turns out really well. I've had two different 21-year-old bourbons. One is absolutely spectacular. The other one was remarkably disappointing. It was just like licking a tree. (laughs) And finally... The bourbon cannot have any added flavors to it. Or added colors. Everything that you see in a glass or bottle of bourbon has to have come directly from the grains and the oak. So when the whiskey's distilled, it comes out pure white. Or white dog is what it's called. It comes out clear. I mean, it looks like water or vodka. Goes into the oak, and that's entirely what gives a bourbon and most whiskeys their color. 
Some whiskeys can still be called whiskey and have coloring added to them to give it a deeper, darker look to it. Others get that really deep look because it's a really intense char and it sits in there for so long that it just gives it that color. But in order to be called bourbon, you cannot add anything to it that would affect the flavor, the smell, the color, literally anything about it. It has to all come from the grains, the distilling process, and the oak. So you said that the water evaporates faster here in Colorado. Yes. So if the bourbon is too high of a proof or they can add water? So there is no real restriction that I've been able to find on how much, how high the proof can be for it to be a cask strength bourbon. You just pour it right out of the barrel and into the bottles and there you go. You just have to make sure that you label it. However, there is a minimum, if I'm not mistaken, 40% alcohol by volume in order to still be labeled as bourbon. A lot of times, I mean, Jim Beam, for instance, cuts it down to 80 proof. They'll add uh, clean Kentucky limestone water, which, you know, is apparently really good for bourbon. A little bit of minerality to it, I can see adding, you know. Well, yes, Kentucky is the bourbon home. Right. (laughs) But you just, you can add water in order to cut it back down and bring it to a lower, more approachable proof. Personally, I like the cask strengths better because then you can put in like the big ice cubes and let it melt for a second and really watch as the flavor changes because it changes a lot as the proof fluctuates, as water's added. It can open up, it can close up. Make it spicier. Sweeter really a whole bunch like it's amazing what can happen just from yeah a little bit of water now bourbon's typically characterized of course by sweet flavors from the corn as well as having influence from the oak with flavors such as brown sugar and vanilla obviously the different grains all will add their own uniqueness to it as well which we'll definitely discuss a little bit here in the leopold brothers straight bourbon whiskey Before we do the review, I would just like to go ahead and give a quick little shout-out to BSN Denver, which is a local sports media platform. They do podcasts, which are all free to listen to and you can subscribe to. They do daily videos if you follow them on social media, talking about what's happening in the world of sports around Denver. They do... um, You can sign up on their website. It's only like 30 bucks a year or something like that, and you get daily articles of literally everything. All the information you could possibly want on Denver Sports. Reason I'm giving them a shout-out is because this podcast has kind of been a passion project of ours for a while, and with the first episode, their CEO decided to go ahead and, you know, retweet it, move it out along social media for us. So just wanted to acknowledge that, that I really appreciate it, and give them kind of a little... Hey, we appreciate it, and if you don't already know who they are, go check them out. Yeah, they're really great. So, we'll jump right into the Leopold Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It is four years old, bottled at 45% ABV, or 90 proof, and it is 64% corn, 21% barley, and 15% rye. On the nose with this guy, there's, at least I get, a lot of malted barley. It really, that barley comes through a lot. Some kind of chocolatey, roasted malt notes really are apparent for me. A little bit of kind of black pepper 
and a little bit of toasted oak. And I get the sweet molasses, almost a syrupy cola smell with, with a hint of fruit. The palate on this one is really smooth. I get a lot of malted, barley, dark chocolate notes with complementing rye spices. Number of layers to it. It's pretty sweet up front, and it's real thick and creamy mouthfeel. Very full-bodied. I also get some sweet, crisp fruit notes like pear, maybe. I also think it's very sweet, but not overly sweet. There's very little burn and the rye does give it a nice spice. Maybe some black pepper and cinnamon flavors. I definitely get some dark cherry, maybe pear as well. And cola, maybe toffee note. Very roasted, chocolatey, malted finish. Lingers for a really, really long time. And extremely smooth. It does tingle your tongue. It tingles my tongue. It makes my taste buds dance. That's a good thing. <laughs> there are a lot of flavors happening. To check out the rest of our thoughts on this review and see what we rated it, head on over to milehighbourbon.com where the review will be up with this podcast. Let us know what you think about it as well. Leave us comments. Tell us if you've tried it, what your thoughts are, what you get. Again, we can't stress enough that in tasting anything, it's not an exact science. There's a lot of people out there that will tell you this is the only thing you can taste. These are the flavors that are in it 100%. But your palate is going to be different than everybody else's palate. It's just not the same. So tell us what you thought because... We'd love to hear it. Very interested to hear it. Before we get out of here tonight, I'd just like to remind everybody about the Rocky Mountain Craft Spirits Festival coming up on October 26th. You can purchase tickets by searching Rocky Mountain Craft Spirits Festival on Google or Facebook. Links directly to the site to purchase the tickets from. They've got distilleries from all across the state of Colorado. Last year they had live music. They have food. All sorts of stuff to do. We'll be there probably recording a podcast, talking to people, and trying lots of different whiskeys. So be sure to get your tickets and hopefully we will see you there. Otherwise, that is the second episode of the Mile High Bourbon and Rye podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll meet back up with you guys in two weeks. Until then. Cheers. Bottoms up.